Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. What a unique beginning we've had as a church. I'm not speaking of Island Church. I'm speaking of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ beginning with an outpouring of the Holy Ghost came upon 120 people who were obedient to the word of the Lord that came to them and said to them to to go to Jerusalem and wait till you be endued with power. You say, well, why why did Jesus tell them to do that? Because he knew that they couldn't do anything without the power of God. There was already a a tremendous religious structure in place. The Levitical priesthood over four to five hundred years of corruption had become a political force in the nation, not just a religious force. I mean, they were were a strong force. In part, in so much part part that they were sharing power with the Roman government. The Roman government didn't have to give them any power. But they saw that if they were going to control these Jewish people, they need to allow their religious leaders. Isn't it funny they didn't allow any of their political leaders? That they viewed their religious leaders as so powerful and so controlling that that's what they needed in order to help control the people. That's how powerful the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin that offered Jesus upon the cross. They were the last functioning priesthood and they offered the last spotless lamb. Amen. Thank God they did. I said, thank God they did. But then all of a sudden, you know, here one day, about 9 o'clock, 930, 9 o'clock in the morning, people are just walking down the street of Jerusalem, and these people are staggering up the street, speaking in all these languages. And it's not a natural thing. It's got to be supernatural, and it wouldn't have gotten anybody's attention. People thought they were under the influence of alcohol, but they began to surmise, you know, this isn't, but the, this isn't but the ninth hour of the day. They began the day at midnight. It isn't but the ninth hour of the day. They didn't have time to get drunk. Amen. The Bible says they spoke the wonderful works of God. People heard it. 3,000 people were saved that day. Now, this is amazing if you want to study it. When the law was given back in Moses' day, when he came down off the mountain, 3,000 people died. 3,000 people were cursed and died that day. But when the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus was given on that Pentecost day, 3,000 were saved. 3,000 received life. Amen. Difference between the law and the grace that we have today in Christ Jesus. Now, the apostle Peter is the one that the Holy Ghost chose to speak that day. There were 12 able men, and I'm sure others amongst the group, who could have carried the message, who who could have spoke eloquently, John the Revelator was there. Others were there. Matthew and Luke, the doctor, the physician was there. I'm sure he was a a good orator. Now, I imagine there were many others. But it was an amazing phenomenon that Peter was chosen because Peter was the one that denied Jesus. And against the backdrop of his denial, when he got up and preached and people recognized and realized that he was preaching with authority and power just like Jesus did, they knew it was God. They thought, that ain't Peter. We know Peter. That's got to be God. 3,000 of them were saved. See, people need to see Christ in you, Amen. the hope of glory. Now, he said some, some, some neat things. He, he used some scripture out of the book of Joel. Uh, he exhorted them about the resurrection. Uh, he talked about different uh, you know, uh, subjects that have to do with doctrine. Let's go down to verse, uh, verse 37. 
It said, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, they were convicted by the Holy Ghost, said unto Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Listen, our lives and our testimony should bring people to that, to that decision in their life. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Do I need to join the church? Well, that's good. Amen. But, you know, joining a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than living in a garage makes you a Buick. Amen. You must, Jesus said you must be born again. And Jesus said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. He's not talking about water baptism. Because water baptism here, I mean, you go down a wet center, I mean, go down a dry center, come up a wet center. He's talking about being baptized into the body of Christ or being saved or being born again. Amen. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, this qualifies it, in the name of Jesus Christ, for not the forgiveness but for the remission, the total eradication of sin and its effects in your life. Woo, glory to God. The total eradication of sin and its effects in your life. Repent and be baptized, everyone, view in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now notice what he says. For the promise is unto you. Now, if, if all the things of God were just for one generation, you know, a lot of schools of theology, a lot of denominations, they preach and practice that the power of God passed away with the last disciple. Now, could you imagine that? You know, there he is, he's old, he's decrepit, and, you know, they got people lined up out the door, and they're lifting his hand up and putting it on people, and they're getting healed, and one more comes, and he says, well, feel his heart, is it still ticking? Yeah, barely ticking, we'll bring another one in, boom, he gets healed, is he still ticking? Well, barely ticking, one more, well, he's dead, it's over. Well, that's insane. It's not how God operates. Now, notice what he said, the promise is unto you, so that's the crowd he's speaking to, that's those that are there. It is unto you and to your children. Well, that's generational right there. That goes to the next generation. Now notice this. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now the call goes out through the preaching of the gospel. But those that are afar off are us. We're a long way from Jerusalem, some 12,000 and something miles, and it's 2,000 years since it happened. But that does not disqualify us. Amen. You say disqualify us for what? The remission of sin and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Remember, the gospel and salvation is the invitation to the world. But the Holy Ghost is the gift from God to His children. Hallelujah. Now notice this. Verse 40. And with many other words did He testify and exhort, saying... Now notice this. Save yourself from this untoward generation. Amplified says it like this. Be saved from this crooked, perverse, wicked, and unjust generation. Now wait a minute. I thought they just got saved. And now Peter is saying, save yourself? What does that mean? Save yourself? I thought we got saved by the blood. Well, he's obviously not talking about your eternal salvation. He's talking about now you are down here on a fallen planet. You're living in a fallen society. The cosmos or the world system is falling, fallen, and it's continued to fall. It's corrupting. 
it's corrupted. It will continue to be corrupted. And if you wake up, you're going to have to realize that you're going to have to take the Word, the Spirit, everything that you got today when you got saved and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you're going to have to save yourself from this wicked and corrupt generation. Well, what a message for today. I said, what a message for today. I mean, people are looking for God to come and do something, but when are you going to do something? You're going to have to save yourself from not only that which has come upon the earth, but for also that which is coming up on the earth in the future. 2021 is going to present us with as many or more challenges as 2020 did. A lot of people think, well, you know, this is going to be over soon. It's not. This is just the beginning. Actually, in my prayer log about two or three weeks ago, I was looking at some things into 2021, some things I was going to prepare for tonight. And literally the Holy Ghost said, this is just the beginning. It's just beginning. So if you think there's trauma now, if you think there's distraction now, if you think things that are going on now are bad, just hang around a few weeks, a few months, and you'll see that it's just beginning. That it's going to get crazier. It's going to get, listen, it's going to get more and more intense politically, medically, socially, in just about every way. And listen, the enemy is using this, as he always does, to intimidate, to manipulate, and to bring control upon the earth. Listen, we have come under such control in 2020. It is amazing the control humanity is now under. And I tell you, it's, it's literally gone outside the boundaries of every law that's been written. It's outside, the, it's outside the boundaries of our Constitution. It's outside the boundaries of our Bill of Rights. It's outside the boundaries of some common sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you realize that? Yeah. Amen. Now let me tell you something. The entire genre of what Satan does and how he does it is for one purpose. And that is to make humanity super sensitive to everything. There is a super sensitivity that has arisen. It's fear-based. It's hopelessly, it's hopelessness-based. It's isolation-based. It has its basis in every negative aspect of demonic activity. Let me just say it like this. Even though tonight there's going to be people in bars, there's going to be people in homes, they're going to be drinking, they're going to be doing drugs, they'll be doing everything they can do to get a little bit of relief, they're not going to get it. Because yesterday's pacifiers for yesterday's problems are not going to work for what's going on right now. There is such an increase in drug addiction, alcoholism, suicide, divorce rate, Every negative experience of the human existence is now being amplified and pushed down the throats of humanity in such a way that people feel like they're out of control. And it creates a super hypersensitivity. People are just, they're on edge. But that's not what Jesus has called us. That's not how he's called us to live. He's called us to live at peace. And he says in his word, you're going to have to save yourself. Now, what does he mean by that? You're going to have to take the tools. You're going to have to use the weapons. You're going to have to take the word. You're going to have to begin to live such a spiritual life that you're able to overcome all of this. I mean, there's masses of people right now in our, in our nation. We've got, a, we've got a political issue going on right now. And there's masses of people that think, 
if this guy gets in, it's all over. And the other half thinks, if this guy gets in, it's all over. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's not all over. Amen. Amen. Whether, uh, whether, whether an election is, is rigged, crooked, or legitimate, one election does not discount the power of God. Amen. One election does not stop the will of God. One election does not stop the purpose of God. Now we've got a, a, a second, what is it, a, a strain of COVID coming out of England. And people are, are, are freaked out about, oh my God. Uh, and then, you know, the, the stop the, the, uh, the, the, the travel out of the UK, the United Kingdom has been stopped. They're in this lockdown. People are in a panic. All of these things are happening. And listen, it doesn't stop God. God is not surprised by everything that's going on. And he's already got a plan to get his people out of it, to live in peace, to live in harmony, to live in health, and to live in prosperity. But you're going to have to save yourself from this wicked and untoward generation. Amen. Now, go if you will. Go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter... Go to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, we'll begin to read there in verse 15. It says, And when one of them that sat at meat, or was eating a meal with him, heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said, here, then said Jesus unto them, A certain man made a great supper. Everybody say, a great supper. A, great supper. Yeah, a good meal, Amen. And bade many, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And with one consent, and they all with one consent begin to make excuse. Amen. They begin to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I cannot, and I cannot go, and I, and I have to go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highway and hedges and compel them to come up, come in, that my house may be filled. Now notice there are two dynamics working here. That is, something prepared by someone great. Amen invitation that is given and excuse is made. Amen. Now, all of these three different, what we would call excuses. First of all, I've bought a piece of land. The land cries out. The earth cries out. Things of the, things of the earth cry out. I'm amazed at people sometimes. I had a friend that I, uh, no, he wasn't really a friend. He was an acquaintance, but I preached at his church two or three times. Had a, had a good church. It's in the area here. And he always said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to retire at 60. And he built this church. They built a building. They had a nice congregation. 60, his 60th birthday, they had a celebration, cut the cake. He was out the door, retired. 
I thought, man. And I saw him about five years ago at a gas station. And I only recognized him because of the car he drove. And when he drove up, I thought, that's so-and-so's car. And I walked over there, and out of the car, because this is about five years from when he, when he retired, so it had been about 65, there was this old gray man bent over, going over to the gas pump. And I went over and called him by name and began to converse with him in conversation. He didn't even know who I was. He said, well, that just happened to him, but he knew that. Was no, no, I'm telling you, when you disconnect from the life of God, you disconnect from life, Amen. from life that is flowing into you. Amen. Amen? And then the other one said, you know, I got, I got a bunch of oxen, and I've got to go prove them. Actually, that's, that's economy or business interests that pull on you. A lot of people think, well, you know, if I don't have a job, uh, I can't eat. Or if I, and a lot of people are afraid because of what's going on right now that you may lose a job or it may shut down your business. But remember this, if your heart is right toward God and you have a generous heart, God will not forsake you no matter what comes upon this earth. Amen. And the other says, I've married a wife, you know, and there's nothing wrong with marrying a wife. The Bible says, whosoever finds a wife finds a good thing. Everybody say good thing. But you have to understand something. If you're going to serve God, there is a lost element in the church when it comes to serving God. You say, what is that element? It's called sacrifice. Sacrifice. I knew when I married Leah, the doors of ministry were opening for me around the world. Leah owned a business. Thank God for her business because it helped us create a foundation for ministry where a few years later she could come out of that business and work with me in ministry. She did that in 1996. Now, in the first 10 years of our marriage, we were away from one another seven years. We kept records of it. I was gone. I think the longest I was gone was, what, three weeks. Two of those weeks, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then, so... I remember coming to the airport in Honolulu and calling her, and it was like, I think it was like uh, 6 in the morning there, which would have been like 2 o'clock in the afternoon here, and I caught her at her shop, and, and just to hear her voice just was, I mean, it was awesome just to hear her voice. I'm still alive. You're still alive. Amen. <laughs> that element of sacrifice was in the early church where many of them sacrificed their lives. But many times, you know, we can't give up a Wednesday night or a Sunday night or go to a prayer meeting. We're unwilling to sacrifice because these three different areas of life, they have this magnetic draw on us and they provide for us excuses. But let me say something about 2021. 2021 is going to begin to, re begin to remove the validity of excuses to where you will not have an excuse any longer. Because God will bring conviction upon His church. Listen, all the kind of fluffy times we've had for a lot of years in which things have kind of gone by, you know, kind of up and down and good and bad. We're just kind of, listen, that's all over. We are in a fight. I said we are in a fight. Not just for survival, but for revival. If someone does not contend for a move of God, it does not happen. And we have this year in 2020 done everything we can do to contend for a move of God, for an awakening, for revival, for stirrings of God. 
And in order to enter into those, they're going to, it's, listen, it's going to take sacrifice in order to do it. And in doing it, what we're going to do is this. We're going to save ourselves. He said, well, there's going to be five strains of COVID that are going to get worse and worse every time. We'll save ourselves from this wicked and untoward generation. He said, I'm telling you, Pastor, I see economic storms looming on the horizon. I see depression. I see recession. I see the dollar being destroyed. I see gold going through the roof. This is going to, it doesn't matter. We're going to save ourselves from this wicked and untoward generation. Pastor, I'm telling you, there are things going on in the political realm. One party fighting another. It might cause a civil war. This might happen. I'm telling you, it does not matter what happens. We're going to save ourselves from this wicked and untoward generation. Amen. Amen. Say, Pastor, there's social unrest. There are people that are such... We were watching Andy Griffith. Isn't that his name? Griffin? Griffith? Andy of Mayberry. Y'all know Andy and Barney and all those guys. And here comes this commercial of this drag queen contest. I wanted to take my television and throw it out in the yard. It was so insulting to my righteousness as they just flagrantly, just in, in, in the face of anybody, this is who we are and this is we're proud of. And I thought to myself, my God. I hope somebody reaches you with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't go to an eternal sinner's hell forever separated from God. Somebody has to pray for those people. Somebody has to love those people. Somebody has to reach them with the gospel. So why not us? But it's amazing. It's just in your face now. Amen? Now, some of these things the Lord has spoken to me. These are not... Some guys do predictions. I don't like predictions. That's kind of like what they do with the weather. Amen. I mean, I'm outside enough where I know they, they just, you know, they're just kind of rolling the dice and some of that stuff. So when I begin to pray about this, the Lord gave me three things. The world, everybody say the world. The church, everybody say the church. And the family, everybody say the family. Now, the first thing the Lord spoke to me was this. This coming year will be an, a year of increased social, political, and medical pressure. Now, Pressure will be defined as choices that will put demand upon the decision-making process of your life. Now, let me say that again. This will be a year of increased social, political, and medical pressure. Pressure will be defined as choices that will put a demand upon the decision-making process of your life. Then I wrote this in big letters. You must hear from God. In your health? Now, I'm not just talking about whether or not to take a vaccine or not. I'm not talking about that. You're going to have to hear from God to do that. I'm not up here to tell you to do it or not to do it. It's between you and God. Listen, I still believe that our medical uh, information should be private. But if you notice how that's been erased in the last year. I mean, well, they'll, they'll publicly call you out now. I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy. But you're going to have to hear from God. But listen. Let's take it to another level. On your health, period. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, some of you may need to lose a little weight. Some of you may need to gain a little weight. Some of you may need to exercise. Some may need to change their diet. But whatever it may be, you need to hear from God. I remember the day I let God into my refrigerator. 
that was a dire day for me. <laughs> when I met Leah, I was the kind of guy, look, I, I, I'm a Texas boy, I'm raised in Texas, amen. So I drank iced tea. I remember the first time I made iced tea in Ireland, I had a crowd around the table. I ordered iced tea from a, from a, from a little waitress, and she looked at me and said, what? I said, I, I want a glass of iced tea with my meal. She said, are you crazy? I said, y'all don't make iced tea? She said, no. I said, here's what you do. I said, bring me a pot of hot tea, bring me a pitcher of ice, and bring me a glass of ice. And as she did, people watched her walking out with it. People got up from their table, started standing around. I took the pot of hot tea, I poured it in the pitcher of ice, I shook it around a little bit, and then I put some sugar in it, some lemon in it, and then I poured it into a glass of ice and started drinking. You'd have thought I would just arrived from Mars. <laughs> so Liz, many times before she'd leave for work, she owned her business. She'd fix. We had this big old plastic picture. and She'd fix it full of iced tea. When she'd come home, it'd be empty. She'd make another and I'd drink it that night. The Lord spoke to me and said, don't ever drink iced tea again. I said, you lying devil. I bind you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but I knew it was God. And when he spoke that to me, he instantly imparted faith to quit doing it. I hadn't had a glass of iced tea since then. Amen. Other things. I, when I married Leah, I, I didn't know what I'd gotten myself into. <laughs> I mean, I love steak, potatoes, and a nice dessert. <laughs> Salad. My, my ears are not on top of my head. My teeth are designed to tear and rip meat. And she starts coming up with asparagus artichokes, salads. And you know, I remember one time praying and the Lord said, you need to listen to your wife. So she figured out to cover everything with cheese. <laughs> but it wasn't but about, what, a year or so and I was eating salad. I'd never eaten a salad before. I'd never. Listen, I was such a stubborn, rebellious kid. My mom would try to make me eat green beans, and I would sit at the table sometimes till 10 o'clock. Just sit at the table in front of the green beans. You going to eat those green beans? No, nope. well, come on. We'll take, get you another whipping here. You know, I'd get another whipping, go back, sit back down. You know, I'd sit there 30 minutes, you know. You going to eat those green beans? No, well, let's go. Here we go again. Do that all night long. I guess I just don't like the color green. But some of you might have to figure out some things about nutrition, exercise, taking care of your earth suit. Amen. This is going to be a year in which increased pressure is going to come. You're going to have to hear from God. Now listen to this. There shall be periods of massive confusion. Now listen. As lies are exposed and greater lies are used to cover them up. Lies are being used currently to condition the entire world to the system of Antichrist. Christ, the truth, Antichrist, lies. Amen. So you're going to have to be careful not only what you hear, but how you hear it. 
Don't sit around and expose yourself on a continual basis to constant news, constant, you know, I got to hear this report and this report and that report and this report. It's amazing how hypocritical the media is. They'll tell you one thing one day and something completely opposite the next and think nothing of that. Amen? And if you allow yourself to be conditioned by lies, you will fall for them every time. Then the enemy can bring you lies like the lie of cancer or the lie of poverty or the lie of something that you don't need to invite into your life. So be careful not only what you hear, but how you hear it. Recognize and learn to listen through the ear of your spirit man so that everything can be deciphered and edited through righteousness. Amen. A powerful man of God named Smith Wigglesworth, he went on to be with the Lord in 1946, had a powerful uh, healing and deliverance ministry. Several people were raised from the dead in his ministry, some really outstanding manifestations of the gift of faith. Uh, A man named Dr. Lester Summerall, who we knew, was a young 22-year-old preacher and met him and was invited to his house for what they call tea in England. So he showed up with a newspaper under his arm because that was the polite and correct thing to do of the day was when you showed up, you showed up with a newspaper or some type of gift for the one that invited you to their home. He showed up, he had a newspaper under his arm and he said, Smith Wigglesworth came to the door and went, huh, what's that? He said, well, I've brought you the, uh, the London Times. He said, I do not allow lies into my house. Leave it on the stoop. So Brother Summerall, he said very embarrassedly, he put it on the stoop and went in. Amen. Be careful. I know that's an extreme case, but we're going to have to be careful. We live in what? The information age where it is flowing like rivers out there. And if you allow it, it will capture your attention and it will distort your view of what's really going on in the world. You say, well, what's really going on? Jesus is coming soon. The whole world is shaking. The nations are shaking. Political powers are shaking. Ethnic ethnic, uh, 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 turmoil is rising up all over the world. There are things that are going on right now they're not even reporting that we're finding out because we know people in the nations of the world that are extraordinary because of what's going on in the kingdom of darkness. Some horrible things that are going on. Third thing the Lord spoke to me. Many areas of our nation will arrive at a breaking point. Continued division in our nation will explode in political and racial violence. What we have seen up to this point will be nothing compared to what's coming. Remember we said the world, the church, the family. In the church, the go-along to get-along attitude will be purged out of the church. Early in the year, the pruning process of Jesus upon His church will be completed. Those in their place, now listen, those in their place, those in their place will be positioned for extravagant blessing and protection. Growth and fruit will supernaturally manifest. I'd fight to stay in my place. Many will grow cold in their faith. Because of a developed lifestyle of separation and compromise, their personal walk with God, interrupted by COVID, unrest, and social pressure, is the pry bar that Satan will use to separate you from prayer, the Word, and church. In the vacuum, many getting saved and coming to the Lord for the first time will be consumed with the fire of God and take your place. Not mine. 
I said, not mine. The population of the world will groan under the manipulation, intimidation, and control of the enemy. But where God's people exercise authority and walk in their rights and privileges, these demonic powers will be broken. The appetite for the vices of the flesh will explode. Where they're hidden in the church, they will be exposed and purged. We are entering now, now listen to this. This is something the Lord really impressed upon me. We are entering now into a short season of mercy where great grace will be imparted to anyone's life in which is being troubled or attacked with a desire for drugs, alcohol, sexual perversion, lust, uh, greed, no matter what it is, if that is tormenting your life, fear, anything like that, we're entering into a short season in which the mercy and grace of God will purge that out of you if you'll yield to the Spirit of God. It will be broken off your life forever. Listen to this. The effect of shame has lost its effect. Have you, can you imagine? People are just shameless now. The effect of shame has lost its effect. Men and women now live openly in sin, live lifestyles of sin with no shame or no regret. Not just sins of the flesh, but full manifestations of murder, deadly lies, deceit, and you know what the Bible calls sin? Gross hypocrisy. I'm doing it, but you don't. Now, here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> the institutions of God, marriage in the church, the, the marriage, now listen, is God's family government in the earth. Let me say that again. The marriage is God's family government. The husband in his place, the wife in her place, the children in their place. Is, now listen to me, I don't care what they're saying. It is the design of God Amen. for health, protection, and blessing upon the earth. Amen. In the, in the, in the marriage covenant, fidelity in marriage, that means being faithful to your husband or faithful to your wife. Discipline in children. Listen to this. I have never considered this before. Loyalty to the elder and protection of the unborn, which is the front door and the back door to humanity, must be kept sacred. Let me say, did you hear that? You say, what do you mean? The front door is the, is the, is the baby. This birth. The back door is death in which the elderly go. It's got to be kept sacred. It's got to be kept righteous. We can't just put people to sleep like dogs. Can I get a better amen than that? And we can't just murder children in mother's wombs. Somebody's got to stay. The Bible says if you don't cry out for the right, for the innocent, the righteous will be cursed upon the earth. It's amazing what all of the, a lot of this stuff is all about. All right, y'all ready? Marriages must return to covenant vows. That means your marriage. <laughs> Lord, I don't know if I want to do that. 
Are you going to make me do that? Let me read this and then we'll do it. <laughs> Marriage must return to covenant vows. Love must be reestablished. God will not have the marriage mocked. Now he's, speaking, he's not talking to the world, he's talking to the church. He's talking to the church. The decision to divorce and not heal is unacceptable in his eyes. Amen? Amen. The Lord really impressed this upon me. He said, there are marriages in this church right now that if you don't turn, you will not make it through this year. You will not make it through this year. There's too much. It's, and it's, it's not just all the issues of your marriage. It's what's going on in this world right now. It's all designed to destroy marriage and church, the two divine institutions of God. Because if you can destroy the family, you've got the church. It's destroyed. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, people think that marriage is the way out. He says, literally, for believers that, that refuse to walk in love, that refuse to allow their marriages to heal, it will open the door for a spirit of loneliness to torment them the rest of the days of their life. So I want all the marriage couples to stand. If you're married, I want you to stand. If your wife is here, I want you to go find your wife and bring her out. Come here, sweetheart. Go find your wife. Come on, all the wives. Don't make me go get you because I'll do it. I'm going to do what God's told me to do. This is exactly what he showed me in prayer. Come here, sweetie. Who are we waiting for? Well, All right, Laura. Laura's working with the kids. Well, go get her. Go get Laura. She's working in the kids' department. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands and worship God. We're going to get all the, all the, get them all in here. Get everybody in here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for all, look at all these beautiful marriages, Lord. Some of them, many years, decades of marriage right here, right here in this room, Lord. Covenant of marriage. Thank you, Lord. The wonderful, beautiful families that have been raised up. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God that you allowed the man and the woman to bring the covenant of marriage out of the garden to be blessed of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, all you married people, put your arms around your wife, your husband. There you go. You're in the mic. Well, good. I want them to hear. Now, husband, look at your wife right in the eyes. Say, say honey, forgive me for everything I've said or done. From this night forward, we will have a brand new beginning. We will not come subject to that which the devil has tried to do to our marriage. We will rise in faith and we will be a happy married couple. Devil, in the name of Jesus, get your hands off of my marriage. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Right now, my marriage is blessed, blessed of God, blessed of God. My children are arrows in my quiver, blessed of God in Jesus' name. Amen? Now do this. Watch, watch. 
Give him a great big kiss. Oh, come on. Woo! The thrill is still there, amen? You may be seated. Some of you, you will not believe the seed that just got planted into your marriage. Keep you out of the divorce court. The church, everybody say the church. church. The Apostle Paul was an amazing minister in the church. In Acts chapter 20, he met with a group of ministers that he had raised up. He taught them a little, exhorted them a lot, closed his exhortation by saying, he said, beware of grievous wolves that will come in from the outside and the inside, and they will not spare the flock. And listen, that was a real issue in his day. The religious Judaizers had gone right behind him. Many of them tried to kill him. They beat him. They stoned him. They did all kinds of negative things to him. But he still raised up and became the man of God God called him to be. And he watched these Judaizers. He would go into an area like Ephesus or Corinth, some place where there was just, just gross sin, and he'd preach the gospel. And signs and wonders and miracles. The Bible says in Ephesus, special miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul. All the things that took place supernaturally caused him to be inspired by God to write things that our faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the, in the power of God. So he established churches of power. And then here would come these Judaizers, and what they would do is they would bring great offense, first of all, against the Apostle Paul. Amen? It's amazing how the enemy, anytime he tries to get into a move of God, the first thing he tries to do is to discredit leadership. Because you've got to have some faith in leadership. And it's amazing how people, they become so subject to that, and it creates a toxin in people's lives. That if you're not careful, that toxin will keep you church hopping all the days of your life. You go here, you go there, you go here, you go there. And it may be, it may be periods of two to three years or it may be periods of, uh, of 10, 15 years. But whatever it is, the Bible says those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. No church is perfect. No pastor is perfect. Amen. But when you get down to the brass tacks of what's going on in a church, every church should have vision to do what? To reach the lost, empower the saints, amen, and live a life of righteousness in the earth. That means counter to the sin lifestyle of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now notice this. The wolves in and out, Acts chapter 20, will devastate churches who do not understand authority. Man, that, that authority issue kept coming up. The erosion of God's blessing by human choice will, revolt, will result in moving out from under grace, which will thwart divine protection, uh, 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 the, the peop- those that come in with the God told me word in their heart and leave on their own will enter in literally to a curse that could destroy their life. There's coming a slight return. Now listen to this. It's amazing. I wish it could be a huge return. There's coming a slight return of those that are out of fellowship with God, out of fellowship with their churches, as some come to themselves and realize it's a demonic spirit that separates marriages and people from spiritual families. It's a demonic force. You say, well, Pastor, that sounds like a bunch of bad news. Well, let's get to the good part now. Are you ready? 
There is a specific calling that God is calling us to. Number one, relationship-based intimacy with God. There is an open window of opportunity right now for every person in here to draw closer to God than you've ever driven, gotten, gotten to God before. I mean to literally get face to face with the creator of the universe, to learn how to worship like you've never worshipped, to learn how to praise like you've never praised, to begin to get revelation from the words you've never gotten before. There is, a, listen, there is a, how can, I, how can I say this? There is an exponential curve of time we're in right now. Do you realize that? You know, that's a, that's a finance term. I guess, is that how you'd say it? A finance term, exponential. You make investments you know, you're getting three cents for two years and then you get eight cents for five years then you get 25 cents for three years but then you hit an exponential curve where all of a sudden there's a compression and there's a multiplication. There is literally an exponential cu curve right now taking place in time in which people would spend lifetimes trying to get that close to God and God is drawing you to get that close to Him in a year. In three months. In eight weeks and whatever he's dealing with your heart with. There is a call from heaven to the earth right now. God doing this. Come on. Come on. Come on. Worship me. Pray. Live in my presence. Do my will. I mean, literally, it has been amplified from heaven right now. Some people are hearing it. Some people are responding to it. But if you will respond to it, and many times you've got to step out in the flesh. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't know if I'm hearing that or not. But if you will do it, you will not be disappointed at the intimacy that God returns back to you in interacting with you to help you make decisions, to bring provision into your life, and to divinely protect you from that which is coming upon this earth. Amen? Intimacy. Holiness, oh my goodness. I mean, it does not matter what the world accepts. There are standards in the Word of God that here in this very late hour of time, uh, some churches feel like, I guess we're forced to just be that way, but you don't have to be that way. There is a standard of righteousness that produces holiness. A lot of people are like, well, I don't want to get into that Pentecostal holiness, all them. We're not talking about that. Our women wear makeup, amen? <laughs> like Brother John Osteen used to say, a little paint help any old barn. He said that. I didn't. I went to his school. He said that. I didn't. So y'all write Joel. Don't write me. I remember listening to conversations. Mom Goodwin talked about, I guess they were active in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And her and one other woman, Aretha Hagen, because back then even the Assembly of God, they were like, yeah, no makeup, no jewelry. They just thought, well, bless God, I'm going. I think the first thing Mom Goodwin said, she said, I went to the beauty parlor. She said, the church thought, thought you know, that I was the devil in Carmen because I went to the beauty what they call it, beauty salon or beauty parlor, whatever they call it. Next thing you know, they started wearing, wearing uh, uh, jewelry and, and had makeup. And I remember we were at dinner one time at a, at a pastor friend of mine's house over in Louisiana. And there, my mom and, and, uh, and Sister Hagen and B.B. And Hankins' wife, Velma, sat there. And you ain't never seen so many rocks and so much paste and paint in your whole life. <laughs> Amen. 
But that's not, see, people think, you don't wear any makeup. And, and notice they always put those rules on the women. Right. And the men, they dress up like a bunch of peacocks. <laughs> that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about rejecting voices of unrighteousness, attitudes of unrighteousness, amen? Unrighteousness in operation, and for some things are just flat, flat sin. You can't live like that. Amen. Faith and love. We've got to live by faith. We've got to walk in love. Still, the component that we need to reach the lost is loving them. And faith is the force which empowers us to go forward with what we need to reach the lost with the love of God. Everybody say faith and love. Faith and love. Intensity and service. Now this is something that's unique. Willing to pay the price for what God wants to do. When I think, I've told this story before and it had a, just such an effect upon me. And, and they may be watching us tonight. A uh, friend of mine that y'all know, Pastor Paul Chase, he cut his leg about three years ago. Couldn't go out and minister, so I went over to his house and stayed with him for three days. And I met his dad and his mom, just wonderful, wonderful people. And I was in his, in his home, and his dad came over. He'd come over every afternoon at a certain time for, for, uh, to drink a cup of coffee with him or a glass of tea or something. I forget what it was. And I'll never forget his dad looked at me, and he had this look on his face. And I mean just as serious as he could be. And he said this to me. And he just met me, just knew my name. He said, Rusty, can you tell me when my son's going to come back home? Because they had been in the Philippines for 40 years. And I recognized right then and there the price that couple had paid to obey God. 40 years they'd been away from his dad and his mom. I mean, they, they see him every, you know, once in a while. But you think about how often you see your mom and dad. How often that you're with your family. How often that you're, sure, they went, built a wonderful church, built a family there. In the, but still, there's a price to be paid. In prayer many times, the labor, the intercession that has to take place before there's a move of God. Listen, that many times, it takes, it takes a consecration to God in which you just make a decision. I'm going to pray this thing through till it happens. I'm going to stay on my knees. I've made that decision. I did it this year. I'm going to do it next year even more. I'm going to stay on my knees. I'm going to pray. I'm going to intercede. And I have found levels of prayer in my life that I never, ever thought I'd attain to. And every time you get to another level, you realize there's a thousand levels in above you. You just keep going higher and higher in God. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Amen. Loyalty to the Word. Loyalty to prayer. Loyalty to church. That which manifests your rights and privileges and right standing with God. The veil that has tried to withhold those blessings is being destroyed by the authority of the church on the earth and those that understand authority. You say, what do you mean by that? You're going to have to begin to say some things like, devil, you cannot have my prosperity. Devil, you cannot have my marriage. Devil, you cannot have my children. I watched my mom and dad pray over their children for years. You cannot have our children. You cannot have our children. They stood on that scripture, raise up children in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. They stood on it. They stood on it. They stood on it. And today, all of their children serve God, are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and so are all their grandchildren. 
but it was a fight. Somebody had to exercise some authority. Somebody had to speak the word and somebody has said, I were not giving up in the name of Jesus till God does what he said he's going to do. Some of you with healing. You, you stood all year. You said, bless God, I believe I received my healing. You've got to just, the Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violent and the violent do what? They take it by force. You got to say, that's it. That's it. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. All of the things that you're believing God for, your prayers being answered, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to have a militancy about you. You say, why? Because there is a militancy that has been formed against you. There is a resistance in this world to anything righteous, anything holy. And I'm going to tell you, Satan's got a plan to shut you up, shut you down, keep you from moving forward in God. But the good news is Satan is defeated and Jesus is Lord. Let me end with this. The stirrings, the revivals, the awakenings, the refreshings, and the harvest of God are going to explode in 2021. Amen. We're already seeing it in just, a, just like almost like you'd blink your eye and get a little bitty flash cube flash. Amen. Some of you remember for many years, Every Sunday, people would come, get right with God, get saved. Then, then I even brought its attention to the church. I said, have you noticed how it stopped? And it stopped. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it stopped because that season is over and you're going to have to pray your way into a new season. So we've been praying. Last two weeks, four people, the first week, came up and got right or got saved for the first time. Last week, two people, one of them, very oppressed by a devil. We waited right through it. They prayed the prayer, got born again. If you're a farmer, harvest starts with one ear of corn, one shuck of rice, one blade of wheat, then the next one after that, and the next one after that, and the next one after that. This year, thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands. Thank you, Lord. This year will be a year of interruptions in the natural. But it will also be a year of interruptions in the spirit in which the suddenlies of God will manifest in such a dynamic and dramatic way that it will marvel people. People will marvel at what the power and the anointing of God does. Thank you, Jesus. Divine protection will be upon the church to such a dimension that there will be times in which the church will stand defiant against lies, insinuations, and tactics of the enemy that are designed to close the door of the church. But there will be a boldness that will come upon God's people and they will refuse, refuse not to assemble. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Know things by the Spirit. Know things by the Spirit. As intricate as an altered direction to the workplace. An altered direction to the church house. A canceling of an event or a scheduling of an event by divine providence. Be led by the Spirit of God. In every area, young people, those that are searching for their path in life, the righteousness that caused the path to lay out before you. Lord, should I go this way? Lord, should I go that way? Lord, shall I stand put? Lord, what shall I do? The Spirit of the Lord says, not many days of prayer and intercession will give you direction. Your heart will change. The course will become plain in front of your eyes. And you will not have to make a move believing that it's right. You will move knowing that you've heard from God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Desperation. Fear. will cause society to become more and more mobile. People selling their homes, moving to different locations. People buying recreational vehicles and setting up life as they move from place to place, thinking that will afford them safety. People seeking shelter Shelter from disaster. Take authority in the realm of the weather and stand your ground. For there is much coming upon the earth that is natural that will be disastrous. Beware of those. Beware of those that are given a voice And the voice is twisted, contorted, and does not speak truth. Not governmental voice. Not voice of social, medical, or economic information. But those that would claim to speak for God. For didn't I say in the last days, many... Many false prophets would arise. Many prediction of their own soul. Some of them controlled by familiar spirits. Others with great sensationalism will put on a show. And multitudes shall flock. And say this is the Lord and what he has said. But do not be deceived. I do not depart from my word. I do not depart from Scripture. I do not depart from that which has been documented and is called the Bible. That is your standard for the supernatural, 
Beware of the sensational aberrations, signs and wonders that produce no provision. For my signs and wonders will cause the lost to be saved. My signs and wonders will deliver the human body from its diseases and afflictions. My signs and wonders will deliver the oppressed from the demonic. Not the appearing or the moving or of that which some would say, come and see. But nothing is happening. Nothing that is of God. It shall increase. It shall multiply. It shall be rampant upon the earth. But you will know in your heart. You will know in your heart. That's not the river of my God. That's not the river of His provision. That's not which God has brought upon the earth. For in all of my provision is the blessing and the deliverance and the salvation of people. For people are the precious fruit of the earth. People are that which I've called you to reach. People are the value of my treasure. I said unto you, ask of me, and I'll give you the inheritance. I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. A door here will open. Quickly respond and move, for it will shut quickly. Another door will open, and you'll have to move quickly with precise movement. Then it will close. Another door here and another door there. As the nations will go into great turmoil, shaking, but there shall come deliverance as my refreshing and revival sweeps across the earth and brings the harvest of God in. Do not yield to fear. Do not yield to the sudden thing that comes upon the earth with great destruction, hurt, and harm. Do not yield or panic. Stay strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. For you are entering into uncharted territory. Places in human history which have never been realized before nor entered into. Even the weeks ahead shall be very precarious. Pray, pray, cry out to your Father. Cry out in the name of Jesus and the answers will flow like rain from heaven. God will be vindicated. Jesus will be exalted. God's people will be protected and you will enjoy the last days here upon the earth as the children of Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. Now lift your hands and worship Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. Oh, we worship You, Father. We glorify Your name. We glorify Your name. We worship You, Father. We exalt You, Lord God. Oh, Rebecca, so namanaso stadeboko rebeti so teleboto. Sondala makaso rebeto sabatasto bakeso telebete. Iramande boko so rabateso rebeki shatelemanda. Non delebakaso rebeto sabatasto keleto sebe. Helegere meninama, e rabato sabo, e bagirabadoso romandi saraboko rebete. E rebeketo bato sabuteso prakito bateso. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Do not be afraid of the inconvenience of the outpourings of God. I am looking for a people whose heart is open that say we're willing, we're willing to be the platform in which God can move. For in the days of old, the generations that have gone by, surely there's been my visitations and habitations upon the earth documented even in the times of recent history, the outpourings of Azusa Street, that which took place in the New Hebrides, all the Welch revival, charismatic move, healing power flowing, all that God has done shall be combined into one outpouring of the Spirit of God where all the rivers of God come together. Salvation, healing, deliverance, prosperity, knowledge from the Word of God flowing quickly and powerfully into the hearts of men and women as they rise up in faith and power and begin to see the lightnings of God arriving in the hearts of men and women. Prepare yourself. Get ready. Unload all that is of the world, the flesh and the devil. Unload all of that that would inhibit and hold you back. For these are not normal times, and you will not see them again. The times shall be extraordinary, extraordinary in the days that are coming. And you will count it a privilege as you enter into eternity one day to have been alive at this time and to be one of the ones that have proved that the Word of God is true, that He is not a liar, that the Spirit of God exists, and the kingdom of God is on the, is on the earth today. Truly, truly, Jesus is coming soon. Sooner than any of you imagine. In great splendor and glory, He'll call His church up off the earth. Now what is that, Lord? What is that? Then how do I do that? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. We're going to begin to see. Now listen carefully, and this is proven by Scripture. Cross, now listen to me, cross dispensational manifestations. You say, now what do you mean by that? Jesus, when He walked upon the earth, He manifested cross dispensational manifestations. You say, what do you mean? There was a woman, a Syrophoenician woman, that had no right nor privilege to put a demand upon the Word of God. Jesus delivered her daughter. His da- her daughter set her free. Amen? There was a Roman centurion who had a, ro- had a servant who was sick. He had no covenant with Abraham. He was not part of David's covenant. He was a Roman. Was a soldier. Jesus stepped across a dispensational line and he began to heal the centurion servant. Not only that, in his ministry, he began to forgive sin. Go thy way, thy sins be forgiven. Just reading the other day in my, in my daily reading, scripture, woman came and wept at his feet washed his feet with her hair. The Pharisees and the lawyers were all upset. She's a woman of great sin. He said, woman, I forgive you. Go and sin no more. 
That's not how they got forgiveness in that day. They got forgiveness in that day by bringing a lamb to the temple and causing that lamb to bleed and offering that blood, the priest offering that blood in the Holy of Holies. Jesus stepped across dispensational lines. Hebrews 6 talks about those that will what? Taste of the powers of the world to come. Didn't say we would walk in them in their fullness. We've been given enough power. But it says we will taste of the powers of the world to come. Not only that, on the negative side, the judgment of God. It will not be true judgment. It will be the wage of sin. We will see whole people groups. And I'm not talking about any ethnic group like, a, like the Irish or the, or, the, or, the, or the Tanzanians or the Indians from India or the Australians. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people groups who have gotten together and they have formed lifestyles of unrighteousness. And devastation shall come upon them and many in the kingdom will say, that's the judgment of God. God's written them off. They'll die and go to a sinner's hell. But the Lord wants us to have compassion, pray for mercy. Mercy. That's what you got. Mercy. But the destruction will seem like the judgment of God. But the Lord reminds you, He is still merciful. He is still kind. And He is still gracious to anyone who calls upon His name. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Thank you, Father. So I hear this strong in my spirit. People, man, I sure would like for pastor to give me a word. This is your word. You have to hear from God. You have to hear from God. The real thrust and the point of this tonight is this: there is so much coming, which is going to be, put great pressure on your decision-making process, and you're going to have to hear from God. You're going to have to hear His voice. We've taught on it for years. That still small voice on the inside, that authoritative voice of the Word. In your spirit, man, that authoritative voice of the Holy Ghost speaking to you, saying, this is the way, walk in it. Dreams, visions. Yes, I'll do that. Let me say this. I don't know who you are. I'm not going to call you out. But you've had a dream very disturbing to you. Your adversary has been telling you that that dream is of God. It's not. Let me tell you why. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Number one. You're thinking about seeking someone who can help interpret that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No one in the Bible ever needed their dream interpreted who was righteous. You say, what do you mean? The only dream interpretation that took place in Daniel and Joseph, uh, Jeremiah, maybe. I'd have to go back and look. Anyway, it was always an unrighteous person that had a dream, couldn't decipher that dream, and a man or a woman of God would have the answer to that. You have the Holy Ghost in you. First of all, if you have a dream from God, when you wake up, you will know that's of God and you will know what it means. If you don't, listen, it's just a dream. That's all it is. The enemy's trying to do a lot to deceive people right now. Those dreams confuse people. 
Those dreams cause people to do things that are not of God. And whoever that is I'm speaking to that has had that dream, just discount it. It's not God. Just discount it. Why would God show me that or tell me that if He didn't want you to discount it? So just, just be wise. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands one more time. Father, we worship you. Lord, we glorify your name. How we exalt you tonight. You're marvelous. Marvelous in creation. Merciful through redemption. All-powerful in your word. You are God present in us in the person and power of the Holy Ghost. You are God of the word that abides in our hearts. You're the God of our direction. You're the God of our destination. You're the God of our provision. You're the God of our protection. Tonight, Lord, we worship you with all of our hearts. And we glorify your holy name. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, we're going to use the occasion of communion tonight for an intended purpose. You say, what is that? We're going to make sure when you walk out the door of this church, everything between you and God is right. Listen, if you've had some things happen this year, you've maybe yielded to your flesh, got into some things you shouldn't have got into, you let that stop tonight. Amen. The vices of the flesh are not your answer. Listen, we're not legalistic. Thou shalt not drink. Thou shalt not do drugs. You don't need that. You don't need alcohol. You don't need marijuana. You don't need cocaine. You don't need illicit videos. Break the fantasy of that out of your mind tonight. Lifestyles of unrighteousness, listen, get revealed. That which is hidden comes to the light. God has given us an opportunity to get right and stay right with Him. Ask God to purify your heart. He knows when there's a willing heart ready to receive the deliverance of God, the ability of God. Listen, 37 years ago this coming March the 7th, you do not know what bondage is. I do. Over 12 years of incredible demonic bondage and the only thing I can put my finger on is why I was so completely delivered was this I was willing to be delivered I just didn't want it no more if there's anything in you that still wants it ask God to purge that out of you to take the want to out of your flesh out of your mind to remove the appetite so that you no longer desire anything that would harm you, harm your marriage, harm your job, harm your relationships because you say, well, why? It really doesn't matter. I could, Yes, it does because the enemy has his foot on the accelerator of any person who is a believer who yields to anything that is not of God. He will make sure that thing runs its course in your life at full destruct mode. It will destroy you, destroy your life, destroy your finances, destroy your health, destroy your marriage, leave you empty and without. Longing, longing for deliverance. Just get it right with God tonight. You won't have to deal with it any longer. There is a grace in here right now. 
a power for that. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You don't have to turn there. I'll just quote it. The Apostle Paul says, This was given to me by revelation. He was not at the Last Supper. Isn't it amazing that God did not use Peter or John or Luke or Matthew or anyone else, James, anyone else to write about communion than Paul. Nobody that experienced that communion on that Last Supper was allowed to write one word about it. Isn't that unusual? You say, why? God was showing us the value and the importance of revelation. He said it was revealed to him that the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. Does everybody have a communion of one kind or the If you don't, raise your hand. Anyone at all, we'll get one to you real quick. Ushers, help me look real quick. Everybody, that means everybody's got one. Then, then carefully, if you've got one like I've got, you can peel it off the bottom. If you've got the other kind, peel it off the top very carefully and get the bread in your hand. Now notice, it says in Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the same night in which he was what? Betrayed. Man, betrayal is horrible. Have you ever been betrayed? But notice, that did not stop Jesus from operating in kingdom business. See, a lot of times, all it takes is some little betrayal, some little word, some little thing that goes wrong, and automatically you get offended and you quit doing kingdom business. That's the plan of the devil. That's exactly how he operates. But the Bible says the same night in which he was betrayed, he did what? He kept on moving forward with God. He took bread and he broke it. Break the bread. And he says, this is my body. Which is, I love these words. Oh, these words are so precious. Which is broken for you. Think of what he went through. Think of what he suffered. He even tasted of death for us. Amen. He even tasted death for us. Broken for you. That, listen, that broken body. Oh, this is so powerful. Broke the power of Satan over your life. The oppression of addictions, the oppression of mindsets, the anxiety, the anger, all that the enemy tries to use against God's children. Jesus was broken so that you don't have to be broken by that. For this reason was the Son of God manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. Heavenly Father, how can we thank you and praise you for all that you've done for us in Christ Jesus? Jesus, we worship you, but we do not give just lip service to the ordinance of communion. We tap into its mighty power, putting ourselves in remembrance that one day in time on the earth, God manifest in the flesh, allowed His body to be broken so that I could be made whole. What wonders, what wonders, what wonders that is to us. So in great honor of you, Lord Jesus, we take of the bread.
Now carefully, if you will, remove the top off of the communion cup. Try not to spill any on you. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Songs have been written. When you think about all the people that's lived on the earth and the blood that flows in their veins, in that blood is the life. Life is in the blood. We know by the great sciences of medicine that it is the Father who gives identity to the blood. Blood type, the DNA, and it was the Father that gave the blood of Jesus its identity. In that blood there was no death at all. Was no death. If it were not for your sin, my sin, your iniquity, and my iniquity, Jesus could have hung on that cross for eternity. But the only thing that separates man from God is sin. So he took our sin and cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But three short days later, he entered into heaven. And however it was gathered, however, however it was contained, I don't know. I trust we'll know when we get to heaven. I can imagine the pandemonium in heaven as he entered through that gate made out of one giant pearl. And he had with him David. He had Jeremiah. He had Moses. He had Joshua. He had Caleb. He had all the saints of old. Oh, could you imagine that procession as they came through downtown eternity? And I could imagine as they followed their Savior up to the very Holy of Holies where the mercy seat is. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12 paints the picture. Not with the blood of bulls and goats, but by His own blood He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. I imagine a quiet hush fell over heaven as everyone stood in awe as Jesus took that receptacle of His blood and soaked the altar of God in blood that never dies, in blood that does not scab up, in blood that is still as fresh and as glistening as the moment as it was poured upon the mercy seat. The blood establishes the new covenant. The blood changed the DNA of your human spirit. Now you're a child of God. The blood established the church. That's why the church is so precious to God because it was purchased by the blood of Jesus. It says after the same manner he took the cup and after he blessed it, he said, take and drink all. Do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, how can we thank you for the blood of Jesus? We live our lives. We give our life to you. We worship you. We adore you. We come to church. We read your word. We bow our knee. We pray. We give. We go to the nations. But the blood remains. We plead the blood, but the blood pleads for us. And even to this day, as a believer, when we make mistakes, the blood is there to cleanse us from all sin and all unrighteousness. 
of all the gold, of all the silver, of all the precious jewels in heaven on earth, none is more valuable than the blood. And tonight, in great honor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we partake of the blood, partake of the cup. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now lift your hands one more time and worship God. Thank you, Father. Father, we worship you. Father, we glorify your name. Father, we bless you. You're so good. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now let me say this. Last year at this time, we had the same type of service, had a wonderful time. Spirit of God moved. People were touched, refreshed, touched in their bodies and healed. We had no idea what was coming upon the earth. And I'm going to tell you the same thing's true of this year. Even though God has given us a little bit of a glimpse, it's just a thumbnail sketch. But prepare yourself. Don't let alarm or panic get into you. Build a stronghold of faith in your heart like never before in your life. These are not normal days. And know the glorious days of the word of faith, outpouring of teaching, charismatic move, healing move, Azusa Street, all the revivals of the different centuries is going to pale in comparison. But remember this. God always begins with a remnant. It's not by might. That's the mass of a crowd. It's not by power. That's the weapons and tools. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And I'm going to close with this because we must pray as a nation. We must pray God inspired Island Church with an assignment to pray over the election that the election remain pure. Does anybody remember that? Long season of prayer ensued after that. We have to trust God that our prayers are answered. And here's the outcome. We don't want anyone sitting in that office illegally. Let me say that again. And don't amen because you think, you know, a Democrat should be in or a Republican. That has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. If one side is right, that means the other side is wrong. If one side is right, that means the other side is wrong. But here's the dilemma we're in as a people. Whoever it is who stands on January the 20th and places their hand on a holy Bible cannot do it illegally. Or that opens the door. That opens the door for whatever is illegal in the world to download itself into this nation like never before. You can't do that. It usurps the laws of God. It usurps the laws of God. There's a great study of the Bible in the usurping of the laws of God and how our society has done it through recognizing uh, different types of marriages that are not of God, uh, allowing abortion to take. None of that. God did not ordain any of that. And in the areas in which that goes on, you know what God does? He is forced to withdraw mercy and grace. And people are subject to the destruction of Satan.
I trust someone smart enough to figure it out. And on January 20th, legally, everybody say legally, we will either restore a sitting president or we will begin to rejoice and pray for a new president. And just like we've prayed for every president since we've been a church, we will do that and pray for them. Amen. But the only one, the only one, there's no lawyer, there's no, there's no committee, there's no congressman, there's no vice president, there's nobody, there's nobody. There's not whatever the, the illegal side or the, there's not, none, of, none of them, none of them can usurp that which God will do. So we have to trust God that we've prayed and that at the end of the day, God will answer and the right person will sit in the right office and a curse will not be on this nation because an illegal act places someone in the highest office of the, of the land. Amen? How many can agree with that? Amen. Father, as we close 2020, we thank you for helping us navigate the troubled waters. We've not been perfect in application, but Father, we have strived to be mature in heart. Let the revelation of this year and the experience that it has brought us, let it, let it make us wiser in the days ahead. We pray for our nation tonight. Father, we yielded to your unction in 2019 to pray that the election of this nation would remain pure, untainted, and that the right person would be put in the right office. And we declare your answer in Jesus' name. Father, if it's the one that remains, we'll pray for him. If it's the other to take office, we'll pray for them. We'll be obedient to the scripture to pray for the leaders of the land. And Father, we declare that we're the ones, not the Republican Party, not the Democratic Party, not the Congress, not the Senate or the House, not the president himself, not the vice president, but it is God's people that have authority in the spirit. So Father, in agreement, we bind every deceiving spirit, every strategy of the devil that would try to break the reality of one nation under God, undividable, with liberty and justice for all. We pray that in Jesus' name. Thanking you that you hear from heaven. Thank you that we've been able, as a people, to withstand that which the adversary has brought upon the earth. Thank you that we will continue to rise in faith. Lord, we thank you for the protection and safety of Psalms 91. We claim it and stand on it like never before. No evil, no evil, no evil befalls us. No plague of any kind comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels of God have charge over us. Thank you, Father, only with our eyes will we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Father, you've put great emphasis tonight on each and every individual hearing your voice. A year of serious decisions lay ahead of us. Socially, politically, 
medically, in our marriage, in our families, in our church, Lord. We ask that the voice of God be clarion in our hearts, that when you speak to he speak from heaven, it arise, arrives in our hearts on the earth, and that each word is empowering, each word is inspiring. Father, we thank you for harvest this year. You said when Zion travails, we know according to Hebrews, Zion is a type of the church. Zion in Galveston has travailed this year. Thank you for the precious fruit of the earth. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you for the witness of every life in here. That every person will be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That healing will manifest. That the power of God will be an operation. That men and women will receive on levels like they never have before. And that we will see the goodness of God. For you are a good God. Father, we're your church. We're your children. Without you, we can do nothing. Without you, we can receive nothing. So, Father, we ask tonight that as we study the subject of faith on our Sundays, that faith rises until the spirit of faith in this house is literally tangible. Thank you for empowering people with a gift of faith. Stepping out in courage, in business, in education, witnessing, ministering to people. The gift of faith in operation. Thank you for the gifts of the Holy Ghost, people's lives. Thank you, Father. We will be answers to people's prayer this year. In tragedy, in dilemmas, in disaster, our voice will be the voice of healing. Our voice will be the voice of restoration. Our voice will be a voice of peace. Our voice will be a voice of righteousness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Last but not least, let our roots go deep, deep, deep into your love. Deep, deep, deep into your love. Wherein that we walk in love one toward another unafraid and unashamed, ready, Heavenly Father, to prefer our brother, to not be easily offended, to minister life and peace, and to be restorers of the breach. Father, we thank you for that, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave tonight, let our fellowship be sweet. We declare your protection over all of our travel. Highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. As we return to our routine of life, thank you that in our jobs, in our businesses, your great hand of provision and protection are upon us. Thank you, Father, for something you said to us in prayer, that brand new revenue streams are breaking out at Island Church. New ways in which money shall flow into people's lives. So we thank you for insights, concepts and supernatural ideas quickly manifesting investments blessings money that's owed father we thank you an explosion of finances finances blessing 
Jesus' name we declare it. Lord, where many in ministry have pulled money in, pulled money in, heaped it up in great piles, let money come out of Island Church to touch and help and restore. So many are going to be mobile. So many are going to be without. So many are going to be lost and undone. So many are going to be just broke with no food, no clothes, nothing. Let us, let us be your hand extended. Let the food we put in their mouth be the food that Jesus gives us. Let the clothes we put on their back, let them know it came from heaven. Let us be as benevolent as Christ was upon the earth when he took five loaves of bread and two fishes and he broke it and he fed the multitudes. Father, we thank you for our building. We ask in agreement in the name of Jesus that in 2021 we see red iron. We see concrete. We see, we see sheetrock. We see carpet. We see cement and asphalt. We see all that we need to build the campus of God in order to minister to the people that are going to be in such great dilemma and need. We ask for it and we believe we receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Fathers, we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We walk in faith toward one another. Thank you, Father, for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you have called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.